Hey everyone, welcome to Bobby on Beauty and Style Network. I know that you all noticed that we are in our brand new studio. So this is our very first episode and I couldn't think of anybody better to join us um, for our first episode than Donnie Reagan. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It is awesome in here. I'm so excited for you guys. You like it? Yeah, I'm really excited awesome. that you get to be our first because breaking it in, I think that this is, I think that you're the one I want to start with. Good. Actually, can good, you get good, out good. so we can get someone else in here? I'll come, I'll come <laughs> tomorrow or next week. Yeah. Well, I wanted to have you on the show because I've known you um, for a little while and got to watch you through your beauty school journey, but you have a really long history um, in the beauty industry. So I kind of wanted to share that today. Um, so I kind of want to start about how, or start where you um, came into the beauty industry because this was kind of a family thing for you. So tell me um, kind of how it started for you and how you got, um, when the first um, experience that you had was with the beauty industry. Um, so I think I was 19 uh, and it was probably like 2008, I think 2008-ish. Uh, but I just was looking to get a, really I was just looking for like a stable, just day job. Like I was in this little like rock band that was, taking all of my money and uh -huh. all of my time. <laughs> and so when I just looked at one of my friends was a, uh, was a stylist here, at a, a pretty big salon here in the Knoxville area. And uh, I just was at a party with him one day and was like, hey, I'm thinking about doing something. And he was just told me basically, hey, go see if they'll let you work the desk. Like they don't have any guys working it right now. I'm sure they would like a guy at the desk. Yeah. And so literally like that's how I got my foot in the door. I went in, I had like uh, this gnarly like Walmart, uh, I think it was red at the time, but it was like blonde hair to Walmart box dye red ends, <laughs> like a uh, super early 2000s, like emo cut. I love it. That had grown out like gnarly and poofy. And I'm just <laughs> in this really nice, like New York style salon in the middle of Knoxville, like, oh, okay. Uh, I don't I don't know if this is gonna work, but like, I'm here, I'm gonna talk to him regardless. Yeah. And uh, you know, I end up staying for like six, seven years with that company. And, and what then, were you doing in that time? So mostly working front desk, um, but what else kind of, what were you so, doing? What was your job like? So it really was like, uh, at the time I viewed it, for the first year or so I was there, I viewed myself as a professional flirt. Okay. And so like we would have, uh, <laughs> we'd have a, a lot of women come in and they'd basically, they'd see me and uh, they'd be like, ah, oh, that looks like that boy my dad told me I couldn't date in the 70s. Mm -hmm. And so then they would just hit it off with me. I'd just be super <laughs> nice to them. We'd have good conversations. I'd like learn about their pets and their kids. And like somehow, like I remember really silly stuff like that. So they'd come back the next time. I'd be like, hey, how was Rupert? How was, uh, how's your little goldfish? You know, like <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, in the industry itself, I really was just like a relationship manager between, I was the first and the last person people would see in the salon. Mm -hmm. So the second they get there, you know, just give them some kind of positivity during the check-in experience, during the checkout experience. Like sometimes you got to be the bad guy, but you want to make that as positive as an experience as you can. And also take care of the business in the sense of like, hey, do you, the person you see, like they stay really busy. Do we need to go and set up your next one? And uh, always just basically trying to build future business while taking care of the business we had that day. Uh, but I ended up getting just kind of stuck in the industry uh, because of the relationship aspect of the job. It's mm -hmm. super fun. Like, uh, it's the only job I've ever had where you literally get all walks of life coming in through the front doors. You get wonderful people. You get terrible people. Yeah. You get everyone coming in. And... Uh, 
just being able to have some kind of positive experience or attempt to with yeah. everybody and just kind of build relationships in the community. I was really hooked on that mm -hmm. ultimately. How and, old um, were you when you started this job? I was like 19. Okay. And so did you have customer service experience up until that, like before then I did at all? Because like, it's so much. Food service. Okay. Like my first job ever was like at Pizza Hut when okay. I was like 15. Yeah. So like through food service and like serving tables, like I had customer experience. But it came kind of, it came pretty natural to you um, to I think do it's this just, job. I think it's just like, like I was saying, like I was coming out of like a entertainment kind of background mm -hmm. at the time. And so I had no problem at all talking to strangers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that's a hurdle like you can overcome, but you can't really be taught that's the one part of the job you can't teach in a salon. You can teach people um, all of the technical aspects that mm -hmm. they can grasp onto, but you can't teach people to be good to people. Yeah, absolutely. And so you had that right away, which is why you were so good at the job, and which is why you stayed there. Um, how long um, into working there did you have to change your hair? How long did you fix oh, that? Oh, it was uh, my boss? first day. It was my first day. Um, so I was lucky at this salon. They actually did a, uh, it was a big, I mean, it was a big thing. Yeah. So I think we had like 70, plus chairs maybe at this one location. Mm -hmm. And then we had a spa across the parking lot. And so uh, it was a big operation. They wanted everybody in the desk part of this company to just be well-rounded on the services we offered. So literally my first job, I, my first day on the job I clocked in for, they uh, fixed my messed up hair. It, uh, <laughs> then they sent me over to the spa and like gave me a massage and like walked me through all the different spa services oh, that they wow. offered. Uh, because they wanted us to know, like mm -hmm. it was a really well put together business. Mm -hmm. And uh, they took a lot of pride in building up stylists at the time. Granted, I was never a stylist for them. Yeah. Uh, but they took a lot of, of pride in like building up their service providers and making sure they knew what they were doing and continued to get better. Yeah. So it was a very nice environment to kind of cut my teeth. And yeah. If that makes sense. I think it was a good place for you to start for sure. But your dad was in the beauty industry, right? Or like he had so gone to beauty after, school. Okay. So, so you after, were first. Yeah. I didn't know that. This whole time I thought that your dad had done it first. So you were no. actually first in the industry. And then, so then you talked your dad into beauty school. Like how did this happen? No. So my dad went to beauty school uh, and I'm, it was crazy how my dad went to beauty school. He basically went from uh, 25 years in the military to uh getting out of the military and being like, you know, I'm ready to just switch my life up entirely. And so he goes from a very militant, literally militant job yeah. <laughs> to beauty school. And he actually like did half a beauty school was like, ah, maybe I just want to do aesthetics. So he went and did all of aesthetics and he came back and finished beauty school. I think. Yeah. And, uh, so I think he just saw us having fun in the industry and he say, was looking to like maybe switch up what he was did? doing at that point in his life. And, uh, yeah. we never talked about it. He just like, went one day and came back with a bag and I was like, oh damn, like <laughs> that's, so that's cool. awesome, man. Like, yeah. I love that. And so from that song that you were in, mm -hmm. um, you were there for seven years, you said? Like off off and on. There's uh, I don't want to get into the history of it, but right, it was yeah, like yeah. Yeah. off and on. Okay. And on, so for yeah. about seven years. So you did you went into a barber shop after that, is that correct? Um so yes. Okay. Yeah. So I went into a barber shop uh, after that. So and I what actually was that went like? to uh I ended up working at another salon here in Knoxville. Uh, I, I kind of got out of that for a second. Uh, just kind of wanted new people around mm -hmm. me, basically. Yeah. 
And uh, so I actually went and helped open up Maple Hall on Gay Street down here, the bowling oh, alley. Oh, cool, yeah. And so I set up their front office. Basically, bowling experience works like a salon front desk. Yeah. That's how they work that now. And uh, from there, actually, somebody found me who runs a another nice little salon in the Bearden area. And uh, they wanted to open up a barbershop, and they wanted me to come and consult them on how to do it. Mm -hmm. And so I went and did that and just kind of ended up in a bad environment with these people. Mm -hmm. Like actually kind of like a hostile work environment we yeah. kept running into issues with like running staff off and all this stuff just the way we we're just the way that company was set up and the yeah. way it was ran it was just not good for growing the staff or nurturing the staff mm -hmm. uh but regardless i was there we we're trying to open up a barbershop and uh we ended up opening up the barbershop and i left after that was done we had planned to open up like four or five with this company and i was like cool we got the one i'm out yeah like, hey, and then I actually went from that and opened up another barbershop with a friend mm -hmm. a couple years later uh, called Saints and Sailors over on Central. It's yeah. like a wonderful little like punk rock, rock and roll barbershop. Yeah. And uh, they're absolutely awesome at what they're doing right now. And they're just killing it for a company that started four months before all the COVID shutdowns happened. Yeah. That's but, so uh, awesome. And that's kind of where, I mean, I know my husband and my son have come in there. And so that's kind of where, I mean, they got to meet you too when you were coming into beauty school. So mm -hmm, yeah. seeing you in that environment is really cool. And we'll kind of talk about this in a second because I want to hear about how you got started in beauty school. But mm -hmm. um, you had a different route. I mean, usually it's like, you know, beauty school, stylist, then you kind of go into the more business side, maybe where you want to open up your own salon. You did it yeah. opposite, I which I really yeah. think is interesting because I think even in beauty school, um, seeing you every day and you being there, not I mean, I think naturally you would have been a positive person anyways. I think if you would have come to beauty school for it, but you just had such a different understanding of even how the clinic floor and all that stuff worked, how front desk mm -hmm. should be working, all of that. Like you already had that knowledge. Like you already knew how things should be going. So you are so go with the flow with clients and with you know guests coming in and stuff you handled all of that like such a pro always because you came in I with mean, this experience which like i said is not normal you know usually like i said the business side comes a little mm -hmm. bit later so i think that that's so interesting that you kind of flipped it what advantage do you think that you had coming in with that was there any advantage for beauty school um, or is beauty school beauty school either way so i think it's i think it is a little bit of a mixed bag like um I think the biggest leg up I had coming into beauty school is I had already accepted I was gonna ruin somebody's hair. Yeah, was, it was just gonna happen. Like, <laughs> well, you've seen professionals. I've seen do professionals it too. do it. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you know, I've seen people who get paid a lot of money and do really, really, really awesome hair on a very consistent basis still mess someone's hair up eventually. Right. And maybe it's because uh, the client lied to them about what was on their hair, or maybe. The client didn't understand the process and they like bailed mid-service, mm -hmm. which I've seen too, which is wild. Yeah. Uh, but I think the, the biggest thing is I came in and I already, I already accepted I was going to run somebody's hair. It was just <laughs> a matter of getting through it and and finishing the hours because it's just a, it's a matter of getting through the hours so you can pass a test. Right. And that's all it is. I think some people get really caught up in the drama and the day-to-day. -day, and I think it is because a lot of them typically are younger, younger women, younger right. men who are going through it. And... uh I was kind of like the old man in the back of the class is kind of how I felt. And I was like, Uncle Donnie through beauty school, just like, <laughs> hey, man, like, let's just hang out and be cool. There's no reason to, like, pick on them. Literally, you're never going to have to talk to them again. Like, right. Just get out and do, start doing hair out there. Get paid. Like, yeah. And um, so I think 
that was the only really leg up I had coming mm-hmm. through beauty school is uh, I did understand how the floor worked. I was not afraid of people. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, it was just I'd already accepted we're going to mess something up one day. Yeah. Like, we don't know what we're doing. We're in school. So Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people get very nervous about that. Mm-hmm. And still, even after school, like uh, now that I'm behind the chair, like full time, uh, I'm trying not to keep that mentality. Like, I understand you're not always going to do it perfect. Uh, but now it's on me if I mess up. I'm, I'm not under the school's like umbrella of right. just like, oh, God, somebody come save me. Like, you're right. just out there. It's sink or swim. Yeah. And uh, so you just want to be good to everybody and just do their hair better than they can at home. And mm-hmm. typically they'll just be really happy with yeah. you. Yeah. And I think that that's important too. I think mm-hmm. like there, there's ways to handle situations. Um, and so if you're just nice, like most of the time, I'm sure the guest is going to understand if they're a nice person also will understand mm-hmm. if something does happen, it can be fixed and um, it's not kind of the end of the world. But now as you're saying this, I want to make every part of orientation at the school now is you talking to them about we're going to mess up someone's yeah. hair because I hadn't ever really, I mean, I know that that's something that every student is nervous about. Mm-hmm. but I never really had considered how much easier it would be to just know, like to take that off your plate and to take that mm-hmm. stress off. Because even on the tour, um, when you first come in to see the school, like we point out like, yes, this is a clinic floor and you're working on people, but you're not alone. Like, mm-hmm. because you can just see their faces like change a little bit when they're like, wow, this mm-hmm. is, this is a lot of people. They're real clients. Like, yeah. how are we going to handle that? So I think that that's an awesome message for people that are starting beauty school or in beauty school to like, just don't worry about that. You know, it's going to happen at some point. So just like accept that. Yeah. Uh, especially in beauty school, like it's good to get with, but even in, even in the real world, like, you know, we'll be in the break room sometimes we, and we'll just be like, Hey, you know, my girl's a level seven. She's wanting her hair to look like this picture. I'm thinking this, what do you think? So like, even in the real world, like you're out bouncing ideas off of each other, uh, just trying to get every angle thought of that you can before you actually start to go and do the service and commit to it. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, if you, if in some salons, like the first salon I worked in, like it was, I ran a training salon for them at one point in time. And the thing was like, uh, it was almost like school, but not quite that that was your client. But if you needed help rather than just full send on whatever you're not sure about doing that you're about to do to somebody, you could always take a step back and be like, Hey, um, I need to go do this one thing real quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> and then, you know, like run back and be like, Hey guys, her head's on fire. Like, what do I do? Like, how am I going to fix this right now? And, uh, you know, you can always do that in any environment. It just, can you bite the bullet and do it? Like, can you get over your ego and just be like, I think I actually need a, a second opinion here. Yeah. And, go get it versus just continue to cut more length off or continue to put more chemicals into somebody's uh, hair. Like, yeah. You just, you just have to take a step back. Yeah. Well, I love that advice for sure. I think that's going to be really helpful. Um, so you, um, we had kind of, I'm going to rewind a little bit. So okay. you were in a salon for, or you were working like business side of the beauty mm-hmm. industry for about 13 years before you decided to actually go to beauty school. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was it that made you make the call to TSB and say, Hey, I want to come in. I want to sign up for school. What was that push? Or had you all, had it always been in the back of your mind, but there was just like never really good time. So the past few years before I'd went, like maybe the last two or three years before I actually went to beauty school uh i was already thinking about it 
like it was kind of in the back of my mind. Uh, just because I had already spent so much time in the industry and I had already helped other people either redo their business, like their business plan essentially, and be like, hey, you guys are operating like this. Let's try it like this and let's see if your numbers do a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'd go to another salon and just hold down the fort for like a part-time gig or something, working desk. Uh, but ultimately, like when I was in that stage of my career where I was going in and helping other people's businesses and not quite getting the benefits of the business growing afterwards, like a business owner does and should. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, well, I have to eventually do hair if I want to have longevity in this career because I'm never going to make, I'm never gonna be financially stable enough to the caliber of life I'd like to live uh, if someone else is signing my checks ultimately. Right. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of growth and there's a lot of great salon owners out there, but at least in my mind, I was uh, kind of in the ballpark of, you know, I'm going to have to eventually learn how to do hair so I can make all this management stuff work. And if I can't build a team, I can make a team because I can now do hair. Mm -hmm. um, and so ultimately it really came down to uh, COVID. I was going absolutely crazy not being able to work. I was used to working like 60, 70 hours a week between a few jobs. And uh, finally I'm stuck at home playing video games and watching every episode of every show ever recorded. And uh, I was like, I just snapped one day. I was like, I'm going to beauty school. I'm gonna go in July and that's that. And then I got on the website and y'all didn't do a July class. And I was just devastated. <laughs> it's the only time I was year devastated. we start classes yeah. every single and, uh, month except July. Yeah, <laughs> I love I was, that you're like, in July, yeah, I was I'm like, going. for my birthday, I'm bettering myself. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I was trying to go in July and I went and talked with you probably sometime yeah. in June. You're like, we don't do July classes. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to go talk to another school. I want to come here, but I'm going to go talk to everybody. I want to start next month. And, uh, ultimately like I left, I took a phone call with another school here in town. I was like, I don't even care. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just going to wait till August. Like we'll just go. Yeah. Um, I think the August class was actually perfect for you too, because it was a bigger class also. Oh um, but I think yeah. that that was good for you. I think yeah. that the more people that got to be around you just like spread that positivity. So I'm really mm. happy that you started in August. I know that pushed you back it a little was, bit. Yeah, it was fine. It was <laughs> fine. Um, so you got through beauty school. You did great attendance wise too. You got through like pretty much at, like under I think a year I or a day. A day? I One day? A day. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's really crazy. But fun. you knew that you had to just get the hours done. I mean, I think you had already set that's your mind. I've thing. just got to be done. Yeah, that's the thing, you know, is uh, it beauty school is as I think really anything in life is as hard as you want to make it. Some things are obviously harder than others, like, uh, but it's only as hard as you want to make it. And ultimately, I love beauty school. I had great instructors. Mm -hmm. uh, I love the beauty school I got to go to and attend. But ultimately, you know, the way our education system is, is for cosmetology, it says in the state of Tennessee, you got to bang out 1,500 hours, mm -hmm. and then you got to go take two tests and pass them. Mm -hmm. And that's it. So, like, um, I had known from my experience in salons, like, you know, school's going to get us as good as they can. But mm -hmm. ultimately, being an educational facility, we just have to spend the time, and then we got to pass the test. They're teaching us a test. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, if you want to be there for two years, they'll let you be there for two years. Mm -hmm. But why? But why? Why but would why? you do that? Yeah, why would you want to <laughs> do that to yourself? Why would you? I mean, I was already 31 when I enrolled at school. So it was like, why would I want to prolong this? I'm ready to get back to working and continue to expand on my career that I've been 
at for over 10 years. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of, especially with younger people, like they, they're getting their first little taste of freedom post mm -hmm. high school or post structured like university style college or something. And um, now it's all on them. They're like, you know, I just have to be here for this many hours. And, you know, it doesn't matter if I don't turn in that assignment because, you know, they'll just like reprimand me and then I'll turn in the assignment later. Uh, right. Versus like, oh God, I got to repeat this whole semester yeah, or something. And so a lot of people are just like, ah, it's fine. You know, I'll just take a day, I'll take a late day or I'll take a, I'll take a leave for a week or two and I'll just take two or three weeks off of school. And that's only making it harder to get started. Yeah. You're only pushing yourself back. Yeah. And uh, I imagine as, as somebody younger and you're, you're getting more freedom than you have in your whole life. I imagine it's a little harder than it was for me, but. If I wasn't going to be at school, I was going to be at work. So it was just like, just go and do yeah. it. Be done. We have a lot of people that come in and they're like, am I too old to do this or whatever? And I know you said 31 mm -hmm. is when you started. I think mm -hmm. that's almost a perfect age, to be honest, because I think you're mm -hmm. mature enough to handle beauty school. I think you're mature enough to get in, get out. I always say like when we have people that start at 17, 18 years old and, you know, they might end up dropping out or, um, you know, switching or whatever, deciding that maybe this isn't for them at some point. Mm -hmm. Well, when they come back, they're almost always, they're a little bit older. Some of them maybe have gotten married, maybe have had children, like life changes have happened, right? Mm -hmm. um, they've grown up a little bit. Well, when they come back, they don't miss a day. It's perfect attendance or so, it's you know, weird, and right? we like, see that all the time. And I think it's just a matter of like, are you in a place where you're ready to handle this? So many of us do this. So even mm -hmm. with traditional college, like we're just sent off and like, here you go. And we've never been yeah. on our own before. And I think that that's, I think sometimes it's better to come in, come in a little bit later, so. Yeah. Uh, especially because it's not like traditional school either. It's mm -hmm. not like, you know, we're hold to standards of like, you know, hey, every X amount of weeks we have a test. Mm -hmm. Or like, you know, we've been studying this section of the book for this this long, and so our test is this day. Uh, but it's not traditional in the sense of like, like I was saying, like, if you miss that test, you can still come back and take that test. Mm -hmm. Like, you'll be reprimanded, but you're not going to miss out on the test. You don't get a zero. Yeah. And so, you know having that kind of freedom in your like education that you're used to being very, very structured. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's a lot different and everybody will try to take advantage of a situation pretty much. Yeah. You know, especially when they're that young, typically mm -hmm. it's like, what can I get away with? You know, like if mom says, no, I'm gonna go ask dad. Yeah, exactly. It set up, it's exactly so. how it works in yeah. school for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's so. exactly it. Um, but, so you were lucky enough to go into an amazing salon that we've actually like featured on the show. So mm -hmm. everyone should be familiar with the wild yeah. side in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, mm -hmm. we absolutely love the salon. I think it's mm -hmm. a perfect fit for you too. I was so excited. Oh, you're really so good friends yeah. with the owner. So that, um, that kind of helps as well for you to just like know mm -hmm. that you're in a, you know, the ins and out of a salon before mm -hmm. you went to work there. Like you knew how everyone was going to be, you mm -hmm. knew what to expect going there. Um, so we were talking a little bit before we started recording. But um, tell me a little bit about what your experience has been like going into a salon. So you're in a booth rent salon, um, but it's it's a little bit different. So talk to us about what that environment's like and like what those positives have been for you. Um, so I did, I did I did something scary that I wouldn't recommend a lot of people do, um, and really like some some weeks even even still like six months later or something even still like. Some weeks I'm like, should I have done this? But, uh, you know, ultimately when I was coming out of school, I was thinking like, you know, there are a lot of really talented stylists in town. There are a lot of really good salons in town. And uh, 
I don't want to go be an assistant at any of them. And yeah. it's not to like dog assistant programs. I think they're wonderful. And I think, you know, if you want a structured curriculum to get really good, really fast, like mm -hmm. those salons are great. If you're 17, you're 20 years old, go do that. I was 32 by the time I was graduating. Right. So uh, that was just not for me mm -hmm. at that point in my life. And hopefully for the rest too. Yeah. But um, doing, doing the booth rental thing was nice. And I think in a lot of bigger cities right now, particularly with the younger workforce, uh, we're getting to a point, especially with hairstylists and creative type jobs where people want more control over their availability. They want more control over when they work, how they work and what kind of work they do mm -hmm. and, and provide what kind of services they're providing. And so I think over the next, five or 10 years, I think a lot of the industry is gonna to go to a, a salon setup similar to the wild side. Yeah, Where you know everyone is in charge of themselves solely, mm -hmm. but it's not like you're in little hair cubicles like you are at like a suite rental kind of setup. It's a big open salon floor and we work as a team and we bounce and uh, get feedback off of each other as a team and we work together. Uh, but ultimately like we are, our own thing mm -hmm. and so if we want to succeed we put in the time we put in the effort we succeed if we don't want to succeed uh we're gone yeah you know you can't afford to keep working there at right that point. Um, it is kind of an easy way to weed people out i think also exactly like you said like that rent is due either way yeah so if you're not working to be able to afford that rent yeah it's mm -hmm. just gonna kind of work itself out i haven't really thought about how that's a little bit easier for Kila too mm -hmm. as a salon yeah. owner to to kind and of be, it's just on them it's not something that she needs to direct or worry about so mm -hmm. much like it's kind of just like a you do your thing and yeah. we'd love to have you but if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out you know yeah yeah ultimately and you know we're we're very lucky that uh we're very lucky that we haven't had any turnover since I've been there. Everybody is awesome. who works for her. She basically got a handpick her team when she got that place going, mm -hmm. uh, which was very fortunate for her and them, I feel like at this point. Okay, so being at the Wild Side and you all working together. So I know you didn't go through an associate program, mm -hmm. um, but let's say you're in the middle of a service and you're like, ugh, stuck. You all are still there to help each other. You all mm -hmm. still kind of connect and speak and you know, you're there all together mm -hmm. still all the time. So I feel like yeah. that that's a special that's a special environment and something I agree with you. I think that's exactly mm -hmm. the way that you know a lot of salons are gonna go. Um I just have a one more question for you. Yeah. So um being behind the chair now, mm -hmm. is there any moment that you miss the business side of it? Or is that like are you still kind of feeding that with it being your own books and your own clientele and you're kind of still doing numbers and but like, are you missing that part of it at all? Or are you just kind of incorporating it into what you're doing anyways? Um, it's mainly just be, been incorporated into what I'm doing. Okay. Um, I miss it in the sense of like, I really like team building. I think my favorite job I've ever had uh, at the desk was either when I was working in the training salon or the assistant program salon for uh, a larger salon here in town or when I was at uh, Saints and Sailors Barbershop because we really like we moved into that building there was not a ceiling there was not a floor we waited through the construction then we built a team and then we continued to build a team and so I really just enjoy the team building aspect of management more than anything like doing payroll not fun yeah uh, managing books and sending like text reminders for appointments, like not super fun, but like I could, 
you could do worse. Right. Um, but it, it's really fun kind of being behind the chair because uh, I get to kind of like tickle my creative side. Mm -hmm. And then I also have parameters I have to operate in. Yeah. So if, um, it's nice to... I don't, I don't really think of hair as like some artistic expression, everybody I do. Like I'm working within defined parameters and I can use my creativity within those parameters. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's actually a lot more like, uh, kind of like what your husband does. It's almost kind of like engineering and mm -hmm. like producing more than anything. Cause you can, you can't reinvent somebody's entire look like you're stuck with the face and the body the mouth the eyes all right. the stuff you got uh but you can like accent and add to and define certain features within that and, mm -hmm. and kind of make that work which is fun uh i don't really miss management though at all other than the team building it's just <laughs> yeah maybe it was all my stress and my business it'd be cool but if it's all my stress and somebody else's business i just i don't care yeah like do you think you ever do that? Do you think down the road, like owning a salon or going back a little bit more into that role is ever in the cards for you? Or do you think that? I, I'm not going to rule it out, but I'm still so young in my actual behind the chair career that uh, right now I'm just focusing on trying to continue to grow and get better every day, uh, build clientele um, and just keep learning. Like uh, we were saying before we got everything rolling, like I think complacency is basically like the nail in the coffin for any industry. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just trying to continually tell myself I suck basically every day. <laughs> Just go to That's work and so be like, great, Donnie. Yeah. We love like, you that. Know, you know, I suck <laughs> you a percent every less day. than yesterday. Um, no, it's, Any it's tips fun. for anyone? Like, tell yourself you suck. Yeah, just every wake day. up, brush your teeth, be like, you are awful. <laughs> Make it to work on time. Like, um, but kind of, kind of like getting back into like booth rental versus going a, a more traditional like salon route of an assistant program or you know just somewhere that is more structured than a booth rental setup. Um, you have to just spend the time doing it. Like if you're not there and the phone rings and nobody picks it up, like who's taking that appointment? Another salon, not yeah. you. Mm -hmm. And so it really is just like a, you have to be there to succeed. You, even with social media and everything being such a huge part of the industry, which it's it crazy. wasn't when I first started, yeah. like Instagram didn't even exist. Right. And, um, and now it's like the first thing everybody gets onto to be like, oh, did you see this? Or that or Pinterest, I guess. Yeah. And uh, you've really got to put in the time at the salon. You can't do it all from your phone or your laptop. Like you still have to show up. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, I think, especially in a town like Knoxville, we're a little bit more progressive for like a southern city. Yeah. We're like well, I think especially where you're at. Yeah. I think at the wild side for sure, it's definitely, definitely more progressive. In yeah. that way, I think. Yeah, in the old city, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, it's getting harder and harder. Like, I was working at uh, Longevity Massage, mm -hmm. which is, like, a wonderful spa here in Knoxville. And uh, it's ran by a couple that have just really good accolades. One of the owners has, like, tons and tons and tons of massage awards for Tennessee, trains all of his staff, and keeps them up to his standard of work. Uh, but even then, like uh, hiring 
just front desk staff, like young college kids who need a part-time gig, like, and having them actually show up to their commitment and continue to work for guaranteed like money, like right. you're not going to not get paid. Right. Uh, but it was so weird seeing how much we struggled just getting people in to do that one job and then seeing like other, other businesses around town running the same thing. Yeah. I think, uh, I think the future is everybody's moving towards contractor gigs. Mm -hmm. Like, um, and it comes down to, you know, like this whole new, uh, I guess just awareness movement where people are like, you know, I don't want to do what my parents did. I mm -hmm. don't want to like break my fingers off at work every day. I yeah. want to like work, uh, an honest amount of hours to provide the life I want to provide for myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying, uh, like assistant programs are stuff like big box salons like mm -hmm. we're used to seeing in bigger cities like those are always going to be around in sub capacity but i think they're going to slowly start losing a lot of a lot of that younger uh workforce that's yeah. coming into the industry i think what we've seen too a lot is just even i'll say the last two years but it's probably a little bit longer but mm -hmm. seeing that associate program go shorter and shorter mm -hmm. and shorter. I mean, when I'm sure when you were working in the salon that you started at, it was a minimum of a year, I would think, right? It was like two. it was two years. Yeah. It was like two. that's and you were lucky. Insane. It was two and then you might have five days as an assistant behind the chair at our apprentice salon. Right. Exactly. Like, so for two years now going down to, I was speaking with a salon owner that was like kind of adjusting this recently to say like we're at about six months and mm -hmm. I still feel like that might be that might be long. And I don't know if it's like the instant gratification, the, like, there's so many things that are is, changing, like, but yeah, but also does it need to be like, it's going to be interesting to see. And I like follow this a lot because I'm really interested in it. It'll be interesting to see what change is like a negative in that way. You know, are, did, did it need to be two so, years, you know, or does it, is no. it one month, two months? Like what is the, the right answer? You know, I think it ultimately comes down to, the individual. I don't think it has ever been an issue of like, how long does it have to take? It's always how much do you want it? Yeah. That's and a good um, so like the, the first salon I was at, we had like a two year apprenticeship program and you know, you do X amount and then we'd start giving you one day a week on the floor. Mm -hmm. So you can actually take clients, start building them up. And then, uh, you know, as you did more classes and you had X amount of numbers happening behind your chair, we'd give you a second day and we'd slowly build your book up a day at a time. Mm -hmm. um, and then we still would be paying you hourly. Mm -hmm. You'd be behind the chair full time and then you'd have to do retail numbers, pre-book numbers and all these like standards of is your business growing with you behind the chair or not. And uh, then we would finally bump you down to commission once you were already like pretty much full and then we could continue to make you hit harder and harder numbers so we could profit more and more and make your services worth more. And ultimately, um, we're selling time. So we're not necessarily needing somebody to come in and spend two and a half years before we can split 40, 60 with them or whatever. Right. Um, it's how how many people are trying to come and see this person? Like retail money is awesome. And I understand you want to get all your retail sales and you can, but ultimately like if this person is just not a good salesperson, but they're a wonderful service provider and they're always booked up like their $40 haircut. If they're booked up two weeks in advance, is probably like 43, $45 haircut, if not more mm -hmm. just because their time's more valuable. 
And there's always this turnover of, you know, well, if I charge more money, I'm going to lose clients. And you're like, yes, you will. Uh, the person who's still charging less than you in the seat next to you is probably going to get those clients mm -hmm. that don't want to pay the extra three to five dollars. But they're going to be replaced because the service you're offering is so nice with someone who doesn't care to pay right. that money. Like we were looking it up uh, in town the other day. The average cost for a haircut just in like Knoxville City area is like. $62, I think is what we found is like 60 or $62 is the average haircut price in Knoxville, Tennessee. Wow. Uh, which is crazy. It's crazy. That's so much uh, higher than I would have guessed. Yeah. I mean, I was working at a salon. This was four years ago. We were doing $99 haircuts in Bearden, which is like, not like a poor part of town, but it wasn't even like the nice part of Bearden. It right. was like, all right, it's $99 haircuts. Uh, have fun. Yeah. And so I did not get haircuts. Yeah. Uh, but. So I know, have not had a haircut since. But yeah, so. it was blowing our mind. Cause like when we started, like we were doing $29 haircuts. Wow. Uh, like the first place I was running was yeah. $29 haircuts, $35 base color. Wow. Which is like the school price on the yeah. color. Almost. Like that's unreal. Wow, that's so interesting. I've never like looked that up, but that is like, yeah, that's why in my mind. And like you said, like you're selling time. And so I think that there's all of these sides of the industry that a lot of people just don't even think about or don't even know. And I don't necessarily know that you need to know that. Or, I mean, I think it's good to know in beauty school kind of in what industry you're going into. I think a lot of people, some people like to know everything before they go into something. And some people mm -hmm. are like, oh, I'll figure it out. But um, I think that these are all really important things to take into consideration, especially if you're going to be booth running or doing your mm -hmm. own thing, um, because you need to know what your time is worth and what is your max mm -hmm. that you can make. Is it what you want to make? You know, like, you know that as many appointments as you can take in that chair um, and then what you have to pay for rent and all of that stuff. Stuff, you know, like how much are you going to have to be working, you know, to do that? And I think that those are all like really important things to figure out. So Donnie will help you figure that out if you need help with that. <laughs> Shoot, yeah, yeah, we can talk about it. Um, but you know, there's, there's another way to think about it too. Um, like if you are wanting to continue and grow and grow and grow and grow like your financial side, that's one way to think about it. And uh, I've seen it work excellently by not raising your prices too. Uh, the, the girl Keela, who mm -hmm. owns the wild side. She's not raised her prices, I think like seven or eight years. Wow. And she's fully booked five to six days a week. We're, we're in holiday hours right now. So six days a week, she's yeah. booked up fully. And uh, you know, it's not that her clients couldn't afford it. She's got wonderful, loyal clients. Yeah. But you know, her mindset is, you know, I really am, I enjoy doing what I'm doing. I'm not struggling whatsoever yeah. to live, to do the things I want to do. Mm -hmm. When would I raise my prices? Like no one, Bob, no one is worried about seeing me every three weeks right? to get their roots covered because I charge what I charge. Mm -hmm. If I charge what I charge, I might see them once every four, once every five weeks. Yeah. So. No, that's, a, that's really, I mean, that's a really mm -hmm. good point. Like you're going to see them more often and, and she'll be able to keep that clientele forever. Yeah. Like she's, she's got them and that's awesome. Well, I love that. So where can we follow you? So I know you're at the wild oh, wow. side, so um, we can book with you um, on the, like, is it on the wild side website or yeah, how you do you can book? go to, uh, I think we're at wild side Knox mm -hmm. on Instagram might be our thing. Yeah. No, I think that's our Instagram. Yeah. We're the wild side of Knoxville though. We're the only wild side you're going to find here. So, uh, yeah, you could, you could hunt us down on Instagram. You can book through my Instagram, uh, which is that dot hair dot guy. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's, 
I think that's the only places you can book. Good luck. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I've loved getting this time with you. Um, and thank you all so much for watching. Make sure that you are ringing that bell so that you can be notified when new episodes are coming out. Make sure you're subscribing to Beauty and Style Network. It's at Beauty Style Net on Instagram. And follow me at Beauty School Bobby. And we will see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye.